Hello, how's it going? Welcome back to episode four of The Booth Review, season four, of course, with myself, Nathan King, along with my co-host, Brandon Higley. Yeah, today we're going to be talking, uh, well, mainly we're going to be doing a mock draft because, you know, we always do one. Were we accurate last year? No, no, not even close, <laughs> but it was a good time. It wasn't terrible. Um, we have the Clippers. We're going to talk about their rebrand and some basketball. Uh, we're going to talk about some some hockey a little bit. Uh, talk about college basketball for once with uh, some of the storming the court stuff. And yeah, yeah. Uh, where do you want to start? Um, yeah, you know, uh, not much going on right now, like the NBA, but like it's still the regular season, hockey regular season. Uh, March Madness coming up soon, so we'll do a bracket for that. That'll Absolutely. be fun. Um, not much going on though right now. Uh, it's getting there. We're getting to near the baseball opening week. Uh, it's about a month away. Uh, let's get after it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we're starting with baseball, then. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, the first thing I want to say is Brandon Crawford, Cardinal, <laughs> the uh, retirement home. Yeah, I said that. Actually, in my notes, it says retirement home gets older. So uh, <laughs> I don't know what we're doing exactly. I yeah. mean, good on good on us for what? I don't know. I don't know why we're not trying to at least. I don't know why we're not trying to sign any youth to develop. We're signing players that even if they have a great season, they're retired in a year or two. So Yeah, and the Cardinals have a decent enough farm where you shouldn't have to go get guys like Brent Crawford. I mean, he's not a bad player, but no, I mean, they're going to try him out there for 150 games, and he's going to hit two, uh, 215 and maybe break double-digit home runs. But mm. I don't know. It's just they're They're trying to hold on to whatever they feel is – competitive but i mean they were fifth in the worst division in baseball last year like i just feel like they need to blow it up we've been saying that for a while though yeah no i it's uh it, it, this is the kind of like the purgatory for cardinals fans right now and it's kind of trying to hang on to former glory but in reality instead of trying to hang on and be mediocre we should just suck yeah embrace the suck for a few years build your farm system get you know Bring players in. Beast in the draft. This is a stacked draft class coming up here in 2024. Mm-hmm. Um, some stud arms, some really good bats in the college bats, especially. Um, and those college guys are guys that obviously um, are more attractive to teams most of the time because they are going to take less time to get to the major leagues. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Speaking of college baseball, Drew Burris, Georgia Tech, four home run game there the other night. Uh, nine homers on the year already in like less than nine games. A lot less than nine games. I think they've played six or seven, maybe. He's got nine home runs already. And six or seven. Damn. Yeah. What Georgia Tech, like, they always have that one hitter, man. Um, Kevin Parada uh, is the name that comes to mind as of late, but they had Matt Weeders. Um, they had Derek Dietrich. So um, I just thought that was interesting. Uh, four home run game and it's it's weird too because he's like their only stud hitter in the lineup and they're still pitching to him and letting him hit four home runs that's why baseball is great because you can't really you have to give every man their chance or else you're gonna pay for it with locks obviously but yeah no uh baseball is one of those sports in college i feel like football and basketball are very clear on who like the best teams are I feel yeah. like baseball and hockey is very – you have some – especially hockey, you have some weird teams. But baseball baseball and hockey, I feel like some of these smaller colleges 
seem to thrive. The Georgia Tech's not small. I'm not saying that. Right. But, but I'm they're saying, not a power – like, they're a power five, but, like, they're not, like, a national championship contending team every year. That's what I'm saying. And, I mean, it. a lot of it goes unrecognized probably due to funding to some of these teams, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I mean, you see these – 1.5 billion or not billion 1.5 million dollar <laughs> locker rooms things like that actually quite a bit more than that some most of the time like 20 million dollars for teams like lsu yeah and you don't see funding like that for the baseball programs or hockey especially. at a mid-major yeah no way no absolutely not uh every team gets funding for football i mean alfred just put 30 million dollars towards fields right now primarily football but yeah which is cool uh, they're getting a new baseball field too. Yeah, Alfred U. All turf, all turf. Yeah, up on Jericho Hill. So oh, that'll be sweet. I don't know. I I don't agree with the all turf. I know this. You have to do it up here though, because if I mean we Alfred State this year we have we have seven home games total. Yeah. Out of our forty five games. Because of because the conditions. We don't have turf. It's just I guess it's so. too I, hard to get games. I've in. always thought that turf turf in football is all right, but that'd be not injury wise. But I feel like turf in general in baseball is just odd. I like playing on turf. It it just bounces different. It's not the same yeah, game. Yeah, I mean it's easier for outfielders. So yeah, absolutely. But uh, I always liked it because a lot of the grass fields you play on, especially up north, are just not capped well in the outfield grass, and it's so bumpy, and you can't really get a good raw. Uh, you can't get momentum on ground balls to throw guys out of the plate. I mean, you got to worry about the ball hopping over your glove and rolling to the fence. So. I was gonna say back home, the problem is with the conditions. Like you know, obviously we didn't get a lot of funding we're smart for, but like the fields we played on, it'd be like the ball would either bounce 20 feet off like a rock or something that's in the outfield that's you know not up kept or it would just die or you step in a hole and twist your ankle that does happen yeah but or it would just die like it's uh, the grass would be so high someplace where it hit it and just be done so yeah i don't know totally i i personally am not a fan of playing on turf for baseball but i didn't really get much playing time so my my say it doesn't have as much it, it holds a lot of weight it does <laughs> yeah 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 i hold a lot of weight being 300 pounds and such but <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't know. I, I this is way off topic because we're now we're talking Alfred baseball. Alfred, you yeah. they announced their captains, so they did. They're, <laughs> they're ready to go. Have they played a game yet? I don't think they've played a game yet. They have not. We played five. We we got a three game set coming up this weekend in Chambersburg, PA against Wilson College. Um, so yeah, we've got a good good amount of games in so far. Mm-hmm. Wilson College is kind. Of, it's like if you haven't been there, you haven't lived life. That's what they say about Wilson College. That is what they say. <laughs> it's kind no, of what I've they say. I've actually never been there. No, I, I. Where's it at? It's in Chambersburg. Oh, okay. Which is like sort of near Harrisburg, but like not really. Fun. It's southern Pennsylvania. I feel like baseball, especially uh, even at D three level, you're traveling a lot. Yeah. I, no. Like, uh, this is a statistical fact. We checked with the Division three baseball website. We were the most traveled team in D three. Last season, and yeah. we are again this season. Last year, we went to North Carolina. We went to Virginia three times. We went to Tennessee, um, Maryland. And then this year, we've gone to Virginia twice already, going Southern PA. But then we're going to Seattle and Portland, Oregon, uh, starting next Thursday. I believe our flight is next Thursday morning. So um, the number one team for miles traveled again in Division Three baseball. Exhausting with classes or? Um, it's not too bad. Usually the classes we miss are only Friday classes, and if you tell the professors ahead of time, it's not a big deal. Because all of our work's mostly online anyway, so as long as yeah. you get it done midweek, uh, it's not really an issue. But now, Any midterms coming up for you? I do have a mid. I have two midterms tomorrow. I should get tomorrow. started on those. I, I, had a, I had a midterm exam this morning. 
uh, 97.2222 on it. So I'm <laughs> very specific. I'm not sure what his grading scale was, yeah, but that, we're feeling pretty good about that. Yeah. I got a 93 on one of my tests That's on w. Tuesday. Oh, so. I, I, few projects were due, few testing, but yeah. now, now we're, now we're done going to Chi town on Sunday, Sunday, well, Saturday night. I'll arrive on Sunday on Sweet. Sunday. Are you, are you driving out? Uh, train, 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 train. Amtrak. Yeah, yeah. Amtrak, yeah. To Chicago? $86 from Rochester. Kind of a deal. Yeah. So, I mean, the Airbnb and train combined will be about, how much would I pay? About $300 for the whole thing. That's stay. not too bad. No. But they, I don't know how this relates to sports. But No, you know, no, we're way off topic. But Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We're just chatting and stuff. We're just kind of chatting. We're here. Yeah, I don't know. We'll be gone. I mean, I'm going on midterm break. Then you're going next week. So booth review will be gone for a minute. So you guys have to know what we're doing. Who scored? The Sabres just beat the Lightning in overtime. Rasmus Dahlin, overtime goal. Your guy. Bang. That's a big win for the Sabres. They're chasing the Lightning in points. I mean, they only get one, but like. Was UPL the goalie tonight? Yes. Yeah, I, well. that's one thing I wanted to touch on on this podcast today. Uh, let's get back into sports right now, and I just want to talk about UPL and how, well, one, the Sabres have been letting them down a little bit, but I do want to talk about how well he's been playing. I yeah. Mean, a win well, tonight. I mean, they, for the last five, they're creeping back in. They're down to like I think that puts them down to like nine or eight or nine points out of the playoff. Not impossible, man. Mm-hmm. Definitely not impossible. That shootout win though. <laughs> yeah. That was nice. I don't know. UPL didn't allow a goal, did he? No. I didn't think shootout, so. No. And he he's really impressed me. Like I will say he's been a top three player on our he's team. He's on the legit one goalie. He's on the top tier goaltenders this year. He's been really good for them. Well, I've I've said about UPL. I said like when he's playing good, he's good, great. But he was just too inconsistent. He's he's finding more consistency. Yeah. I mean, Ed, when he's on top of his game, he's just as good as almost anyone. He is. He's really good. Uh, and it, it, too, it those big goalies because he's six foot five, right? Yeah. It, when big goalies struggle, it's because of obviously they're just slower. But when big goalies like him historically have figured it out, they usually figure it out for good. So I think I'm pretty confident that he's going to maintain what he's doing right now for the foreseeable future. Uh, if Devin Levi comes back up next year, I mean, that's going to be a disgusting tandem. Then I, they're I, set at goaltender. I've seen people giving up on him, and I'm like, really? Like, this man is yeah, like... he's 21 years yeah, old. Yeah, let's, let's I, I was going to say 22, but he's 21, and he's shown flash, and he's shown reasons why he's going to be good. You just give him some time. Um, yeah. I mean, you're telling me that, you know, we're... You're, how old are you? Are you 20 now? 20. Yeah, you are 20. Okay, say you're 20 years old. Say they throw you out there. It's not. It's going to be rocky if you're going yeah. up against some, the best in the world, you know. Yeah, some... the expectations are way too high for Levi. I mean, people forget Ryan Miller got sent back down to Rochester his rookie year. Yep. I believe it was 04, 05, one of those mm-hmm. years. But, like, he turned out okay, I guess. You have to feel for Levi a little bit, though, because he has to be in Rochester. Um... <laughs> Yo. Wow. Shots <laughs> at Rochester. I, I take a lot of shots at Rochester. Don't like the city. <laughs> I'm going to say that I mean, flat. It's, it's definitely a city. It's one of the cities that you go downtown, and even their downtown looks bad. So, <laughs> Yeah. Not, not a great spot. But, but I, I will say, uh, I think Levi will be fine. I think he'll come back out. But right now, give UPL his flowers. Uh been great. Ha- yeah. One uh, of the best goalies in the NHL. The locker room's loving him right now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> They're playing well right now. That's four out of their last five. I mean, I don't know what that puts him standing-wise, but. I mean, we, we dug ourselves a hole. We know yeah, that. for sure. Like, it's their own fault, but, like, it is encouraging to see them play very well. Um, they're 10 points out currently now. It's feasible. Yeah, that's five games. Yeah. And 
They have and 22 games to go. They're so behind Tampa. They have. They also have two games at hand on Tampa. So that if you win those two games at hand, it's really six. And mm-hmm. it's not impossible to say that they have a shot still. Well, Toronto has a good record again. They're going to get bounced in the first round. The thing is, about Toronto, man, is like they have so many overtime losses, dude. Like that's the my biggest thing about hockey. Like even the Bruins, the Bruins have 14 overtime losses, but you get a point for losing in overtime, which I don't agree with, man. I think it should still be a two win, two points for a win, and like none for a loss because you shouldn't be rewarding teams for losing in overtime. You know, we're the only team other than in in the Atlantic. Uh, we're the only team other than Montreal that is, has a losing home record. Yeah, they're actually horrible at home. <laughs> we're much better away. Yeah, they're they're actually terrible at home. And Raspastolin touched on this. Uh, he said that uh, I don't know if we talked about this on the show or not, but he said um, they get more motivated to play on the road because they they like bonding with each other on the road and going out and checking out the city and going to dinner, which is crazy because like you would think playing at home would be yeah you something to... you would look forward to, but then again you got to realize like KeyBank Center. When they like get a lot of t- a lot of people in there, most of the fans are opposing fans, because the fans have just had enough. I mean, thirteen years is a long time since the Sabers have been good. Them and the Jets, right? Yeah, the New York Jets. They've tied. They're tied for the longest streak in the four major professional sports. Um, yeah, like last year there was flashes, and then the fans came around, and it was a great atmosphere, and they played well at home. But now, like, I mean, when you're not when you're back to the same old, same old, it's it's difficult for fans to get up for that and want to spend their money. God, but, it's all Toronto travels crazy in Buffalo. Oh, yeah. That's a different like Toronto travels down to Buffalo because it's close, and tickets literally are two hundred dollars cheaper. Mm-hmm. Like tickets to Sabres Leafs are probably a hundred bucks, but like tickets to Sabres Leafs in Toronto are like two fifty. Minimum as a get-in price. Toronto's expensive. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they love their hockey, but like that's that's a lot of money, man. Do you think that the Sabers are winning because of Drake and J Cole touching down? And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think yeah. that has to bring the atmosphere. Yeah. Why would I also? There's people that I know. I'm not going to name names that went to both nights. Is that not crazy? Going to the same concert two nights in a row? Yeah, they're paying about six hundred minimum so. to see the same thing twice in a row. Which is like, why would you do that? You can see Drake with a giant like bra behind him, or such. No, I'm saying like go to the first one, but like yeah. they went both nights. No, I'm saying both nights. That's what you're seeing pretty much. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I I wish I could have gone to at least one night, but busy yeah. week. I mean, it's tough in a midweek, so it, it was either this or Chicago. So yeah, right. But um, yeah. Uh, what else? Any other hockey stuff you want to touch up on? Um, let me see, man. Um, Florida Panthers. Playing extremely well. Number two in the Atlantic, right? They're first. They're tied, which is crazy because they have five whole wins more than the Bruins, but the Bruins have 14 overtime losses to the Panthers' four, so they get the extra 10 points. So, yeah. really, the Bruins should be tied with Detroit. I mean, I mean, it's all you never really know because the overtime loss thing, is it's just so annoying, dude. I disagree with it very heavily. Mm-hmm. Um, the New York Rangers are playing really good hockey. The First team to 40 wins. Good on yeah. the Rangers. What's that? I said good on the Rangers. I don't like the Rangers. I don't man. like them, but good on them. Yeah. It's just it's frustrating because the Sabres deserve better. They just they shoot themselves in the foot, and they go way too cold for way too long of stretches. I am not used to seeing them win consecutive games, though. Like, this is a new thing to me. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's the longest streak of the year. It was three in a row. 
Yeah, because well, we we'd win one, lose one, or we'd win one, lose one, win one, lose three. Yeah. One, and then it, it was just like we yep. could never get past one win, which is very sad. That's good. I, like I said, we dug ourselves a hole. We still have so much potential, but they've had three streaks of two wins or more this season, and one of them was three wins, and then the other ones were just two in a row. It's it's sad, and they're still in the playoff hunt. That's how doable this really is. All they need to do is just play well down the stretch. Do you think the Sabres don't want to make the playoffs at points? It seems <laughs> like they really are like, it, it could be on a platter, and they'd just be like, nah. Like, yeah. I mean, that's just really Buffalo, really. It, yeah. I mean, look how long the, the Bills, every time that they'd even get close to sniffing the playoffs forever, it'd be, you know, the yeah. same thing. It'd be like, oh, you know, they have nine wins. They have ten, years the, or ten wins this year, but every other team has 11 or something like that. Yeah. So... Yeah, man. It's tough. Tough city. It's going to be such a vibe, though, when they do make the playoffs. That place is going to be jumping, dude. I can't wait for the day. You see Caitlin Clark uh, going going to – I'm going to transition into basketball a little bit and talk cultures. Caitlin Clark just declared. I saw that, which I don't understand why. I really don't. She will make so much more money off of NIL in college than she would in the WNBA. I agree with that, but I also think that she's going to get so many endorsements for the sport. Like she's yeah. get, She has gotten so many people interested in women's basketball, which, sick, awesome. Uh, but I think that her declaring, I think that she's going to end up you know, getting a lot more deals anyway. Uh, yeah. Does she have a shoe deal? I don't think I should so know yet. this, I but think I think she, she definitely will sign. But I think she's going to get it. Um, ah, Caitlin Clark inked a deal with Nike in late 2022. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. And she's making about – so it's a short-term deal, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Short ter- shorter-term deal because she's in college. So she's making – she made 818000 from Nike in college. Which means that once she is actually drafted um, – you can make quite a bit more, I believe. She'll probably sign another one to actually put out a few shoes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she might be, like, the first uh, signature shoe by a women's basketball player that gets bought, like, by a lot of people. I I could see it. Be sick. <laughs> I'd buy one. I don't know. I genuinely I mean, think... Just, like, especially with Nike. Like, Nike's really good at marketing their signature shoes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's going to be something that'll be really cool. A uh, good opportunity for women's basketball. Uh, especially for the young women like playing basketball, like they're gonna buy that shoe over LeBron's, they're gonna buy it over Giannis, like everything. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, definitely. And I, I don't, know. I think, I think it's cool. Uh, but I also wanted to mention like a lot more people are just watching the sport. We talked about this a lot last week. Yeah. But did the product, and that's leading to the NBA right now, evaluating whether offense has gotten out of control. They're now just now evaluating, which is crazy. Which is why it's but, been like that for five years. Yeah, it was announced that they're gonna like look into you know changing it. And there's been people. Some of the people have been like, "Oh, you can just move the three point line back." I I, I think they should bring back hand checking. I think that, yeah, or I'm, like something, dude. Like I don't know. I think they need to really look at like what is a travel. Also, that's yeah. been a like a topic travel, for a long travel time. and carries. I see yeah. so many people that walk like will just. Do that, you know, like obviously. the gather step rule and all that garbage, dude. Like, I don't like it. No, it's no, it's not no. even close to college it's, rules. Um, that's why March Madness is the only basketball I've been watching recently. Like, in the sense of like, I'll catch a few games. I'll see the Bulls, maybe you know, obviously our team Drummond's balling, but uh, 
it's just not it. I don't find myself entertained watching. I'm like, oh, he shoots a three. He could have drove. He was wide open in the lane. Three, 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 three. And yeah. it's just so quick. And it's, it just feels like more of a show. Than yeah. It is a game of basketball. Casual fans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, the NBA fans are nuts. No, and I, I do think that they did, should definitely take a look and reevaluate. And I think it should be more fundamental. You know? I think that's yeah. what's been lost in basketball is a lot of those fundamentals and what makes basketball basketball. And you can say the same for a lot of other sports. Baseball, a lot of the small ball was lost because everyone wants to see the home run hits. Yeah, and it's- I was talking about this with one of our assistant coaches today. Like, we were trying to, like, figure this out. And he asked me, he's like, wait, like, when did the line get drawn from, like, valuing guys who are professional table setters who get on base and, like, hit for average to guys who hit 190 but they'll hit 40 home runs? And I was yeah. like, dude, like, if you think about it, like they probably are the same amount of value, if not like less, because the guy that hits 190 with 40 home runs, you know what you're getting. Like you're getting 40 runs plus the guys on base, so you're getting like probably like 80, 90 RBIs. Yeah. But a guy that hits like 300 and has like 100 RBIs and hits like 25 home runs, like there's more value there because that guy probably also plays defense. <laughs> but that's a different uh, story. But you know, I don't know. I feel like people are just. Once one thing happens, like it becomes a trend, and like anything else that opposes that trend is like wrong. And like I don't know, it's it's hard to explain right now off the top of the head, but I think you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, no, I I get what you're saying. Um, it, I think it will end up being a trend, and I think that eventually, like you even saw uh, last year, you saw a lot more small ball for the first time in a while. Yeah, the Diamondbacks did it all postseason, and it and they were winning, like you know. So I think that you will see a kind of transition, but it's what's hot right now. Uh, and it's kind of like, you know, what people obviously want to do because it's like, oh, look, we bring in fans, you know. Because if, if you're at a game, especially if you're a casual fan, what do you want to see? Home runs, you know? Yeah. Instant scores. Because most people can't sit there and watch. Like, I can, but a lot of people can't just sit there and watch a nine-inning baseball game. Which is sad, dude. Like, they're, they're just pandering to the casual fan. I feel like like if they're already not watching, that's not gonna make them watch. Mm-hmm. Like it's not gonna change their mind. Like oh, they added a pitch clock. Oh, they're hitting home runs now. Pitch I'm clock is still watching. so stupid. Yeah, like and it it doesn't it, it gets it, pitchers injured also because they're rushing their mechanics, uh, and they're having less time to recover in between pitches. But that's a different story for another day. Um, I just think in general, like the NFL does it, the NBA does it. Pandering to the casual fan is a bad idea for. Um, the diehard fans and long-term success because if they're a casual fan they already have a short attention span anyway mm-hmm. uh so I, I just i don't know man um the nfl does it with offense also like they want more offense more passing more flashy stuff i mean that's why the flags come in yeah. which i still don't agree pi P- i get it but at the same time like it's the audit like the automatic first down ones are the uncatchable balls, especially in pi that make me mad where it's like 20 feet over his head and they'll call pi for 45 yards yeah so, but like it's spot foul. Like, why has it got to be a spot foul? That's yeah. the only league in the world where that's a rule. Mm, you know, I'm counting right now. Uh, about 40 players there. We'll say like 45. Uh, okay, so players that do you want to guess how many players had over 300 uh, this or last year in baseball? Like six, nine. Yeah. Do you know how many in 2000 hit over? Uh, Probably like. 30 like 40 yeah which that's four times though which yeah, is crazy which is crazy 
Like that used to be like if the elite, you're hitting three hundred. You know, now it's the elite, the elite are hitting two seventy, yeah. two eighty. They, it, it's sad. It is sad, and uh, the on base percentage, all of that has gone down, and it's just and steals especially are just the lost art of baseball. It feels yeah. like, and that's growing up. My favorite part of baseball was stealing. I don't know if that's just me, but it might be basic. But I, I so much fun. I don't know. Stealing bases is an art because you have to get the perfect jump. Um, sliding is obviously a big part of it. Like yeah. you have to have a good slide. It's a mental game too. Yeah, you you can't get picked off. You got to worry about getting picked off by the pitcher. It's a um, it's a mental game between the pitcher, the pitcher, the catcher, and the runner. Yeah, it's the game inside the game. Yeah, the elite base dealers have something that nobody else has which is makes it so cool mm-hmm. like if you can steal 40 bases that's something that at least 95 percent of the rest of the major leagues can't do like if someone hits 40 home runs someone else will come hit 40 home runs yes but not everybody can steal 40 bases i don't know it's the same thing with like it's the players that are breaking these like home run records and such like team individual like that are going out and doing that, and then you also have these players that, you know, in the NBA, to draw comparisons, are dropping 60, 70 points more often. Like, it's it's cool, but it loses value. It's definitely devalued to me in the sense where it's just – it doesn't impress me as much anymore. Like, congrats, you can go out and hit 40 home runs, but, like, what else can you do? You're just, you know – most yeah. of those players don't have much dimension. They just hack at it, you know? So. Yeah. Um. One second, I'm trying to prove a point here. Yeah, absolutely. Oh no, I dropped the slinky. So my biggest uh, thing that I like to track to really compare players is WAR. It's obviously people are starting to come around on that also, but it's a really useful tool because it takes everything into account, right? And it really just compares players for what they are mm-hmm. in comparison to each other. So like, Andrelton Simmons, right? All-time very good defensive shortstop. Meh hitter. He had a career 263 average. He only hit 70 career home runs. Uh, just over 1,100 hits. And uh, 37.1 career war. Okay. Then you got Kyle Schwarber, who is a two-time All-Star. He won a silver slugger. Uh, 246 career home runs. Um, but only 11.8 war which is way less than Andrelton Simmons. And if you ask anyone, they'd say they'd rather have Kyle Schwarber than Andrelton Simmons. Uh, it's because of the home runs, dude, mm-hmm. and because of the RBIs. But he literally hit, like, he hit 197 last year, but he hit 47 home runs. 197's tough. Yeah. Oh. 47 bombs, but he hit 197. It's like, he's, he's you got to figure out what you're like asking players to do. I don't know how to explain this, but whatever you value, I guess, um, you need to make sure that's what's going to win baseball games. See, the problem is you live or you die by the home run ball with, with having like a consistent average, say you're, say you have like two, 300 hitters, guys that are all over 250. you're going to get on base and you're going to score almost every game with home runs. You're relying on, you know, you have to smack one out, you know? Yeah. And you have to get the perfect hit, otherwise your team's not gonna score. I just, dude, the guy, the I mean, every team's got one of these guys that's gonna hit 200, but hit like 20, 30 home runs. Yes. I think those guys are like the rodeo clowns of baseball. It's like, okay, here's our big home run guy, boom, solo home run, crowd goes nuts. 
Those aren't the guys that win you games, though. No. And they never have been. Those guys are there to entertain the fans. Like, obviously, really talented baseball players. They're in the major leagues, obviously. They're going to hit 30 home runs. But, like, the guys that win you games are the guys that are playing 160 games who make 95 to 100% of every play on defense, mm-hmm. who can run the bases. That's what wins you baseball games. And that doesn't get tracked enough in advanced metrics and valued enough, really, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, I just think, as a whole, a lot of leagues, just they rely on these advanced metrics and they won't go away from these advanced metrics, um, even if they're in the wrong. Like, they're so attached to the advanced metrics that they don't val- like take other things at face value. The thing about advanced metrics is you can look at any advanced metric to prove your point. There's, yeah, like, there's 400 of them. If you're like, okay, I want to prove that his home runs are helping, you can look at you know 10 different stats for that. There may be 20 that you know prove right. otherwise, but you're not going to go out and say that. Yeah. You want to prove, oh, well, I like this. And that's with everything, really. But It's you, all very subjective. I love analytics to baseball, but at the same time, or just any sport, analytics – do a lot but they only do so much sometimes you have to look at face value what wins games yeah i'm very uh into advanced metrics not very into explaining them obviously i've struggled to get words out but, yeah uh, you get them but not, not... I, how do i want to say this i feel like i'm also like i'm very big into the advanced metric side but i also have the context in my head where like okay this dude stole 50 bases last year. That cannot be understated. Mm-hmm. Like you'd have to take the face value stats just as much value as the behind the scenes stuff. Absolutely. And it goes the same way where some people are just look at like, Oh, he hit 50 home runs and that's all they look at. Yeah. You know? So it, you have to have a happy balance and it comes with a lot of other sports as well. Like I'll say like advanced metric type stuff. PFF's terrible. Oh you, my sometimes it'll have people we've talked about before rated terribly. And or someone rated great, and it's like, what are they really doing? Yeah. Um, or so, like the whole Miles Garrett, TJ Watt thing. Okay, I don't like to get hung up on this, yeah. but I'm gonna say this: PFF values the their own created stat called pass rush win rate. It's their own subjective one because there's a different one that is tracked by a different website. This is the one they use, and this is the one the NFL uses. PFF is so attached to that stat just for the sake of that it's their stat that they created. Yeah. It, if that makes sense. No, I, I will say another one is certain things like plus minus in basketball. Okay. Yeah. You're saying this guy's a bad player because his plus minus is awful. Maybe he's on a bad team. Yeah. You know, Maybe he's Cade Cunningham on yeah. the Pistons right now. Of course he's going to have an awful plus yeah. minus. It's a bad team. They're getting killed. No, Plus minus sucks for the fact that it, it can be good, okay, sometimes. It's good in hockey. I will say yes. that's a good stat in hockey. But in basketball, sometimes it's like, okay, your plus minus is negative 12. Your guy had zero. The center just got dunked on six times. Right. And it's against you, you know? Yeah, like that's not your fault. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of how to explain it because it's so hard to put it into words, but – Hold on. Let me catch my thoughts here. You go on on whatever you're going to say. Okay, I'll, I'll bring out another one. Passing yards is so overrated in the NFL right now. And the fact that you have these guys that are top five in passing yards every year that normally don't accomplish anything, because a lot of it, like passing yards to judge a quarterback, yes, yes, it's important to see, but you have quarterbacks that throw little three-yard dump-offs, they, you know, and rely on the catch and run for their teams. I'll say 
Brock Purdy's great. Okay, I will say he's a pretty he's a pretty good quarterback. But a lot of times he'll dump it off to IU on a screen or CMC, and he'll go for eighty yards, and they'll be like, well, "Look at that pass," you know. Mm-hmm. So I think there's sometimes stats are overvalued to the face value of what you see in a game. Yeah. So the thing for me, like, okay, I figured out what I wanted to say yeah. finally. Uh, people when they compare players, and this is in any sport, not just baseball, they like to compare one number versus one number in one category versus one category and be like, yep. okay, see, this is why he's better. If you, all right. So if you've watched the movie Moneyball, they get the, they get it down to one number with a player by combining everything. And that is the face value of that player. It's pretty much war is really what it is. Yeah. Uh, and that's the number that I think you can compare uh, because you can't compare home runs and home runs to a guy who hits 50 and a guy who doesn't hit home runs and be like, oh, that's why he's better. There's, it's such a subjective thing because every sport has multiple things you have to be good at in order to be a good player. Like in the NFL, you can be fast, but if you can't catch, you're not a good football player. Mm. Like in a wide receiver. If you're fast, but you're not agile even, you're, you can't play running back. You know what I mean? In baseball, if you can steal bases, but you can't hit and you can't field, it doesn't really matter. You're not a good baseball player. In basketball, if you can shoot, but you can't play any defense and you can't dribble and you can't really jump your Kyle Korver. So, I mean, like, Kyle Korver was good. But, like, that's yeah. a little different. Basketball, it's easier to have one good thing you're good at because you have role players, right? Baseball, if you're a role player, you're not going to start every day. And yeah. you're probably not going to make the major leagues because there's so many levels to baseball. Mm-hmm. And there there definitely are. And you can see players that even weren't great hitters that were great players. I'll put out Yadier Molina. It was a very average hitter his whole career. Yeah. But, but so good at everything yeah. defensively. And he was a decent hitter at times. Yes. Like, in the major league level. But he was great defensively at throwing, at blocking, at receiving. And at that position, that makes him valuable. Yes. Everything's so subjective, especially in baseball. Mm-hmm. No, I... For example, like Ricky Henderson... I had not Ricky this... Henderson. Um, D. Gordon. Or, yep. like, Ichiro Suzuki. Those guys are, like... They're not going to hit home runs. Yep. They're going to hit maybe 10 if they're lucky per year. Uh, Still cry. But they, they're going to hit 300... Uh-huh. They're really good at defense. Uh, great leadoff hitters. Those, that's why they're valuable. Like You have to have different caliber guys throughout your lineup. That's why baseball is great. D. Gordon's one of the only players to make me cry during sports. <laughs> D. Gordon was a great hitter. <laughs> you know what I'm prime. talking about, right, though? Yeah. Tra- that, was, that gets me every time I see that. When he was with the Dodgers, dude, he was like – I think he won a batting title, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken. Like He was that dude. I – Okay, we're you know we're business students, um, which I'll explain where I'm getting at. The big thing that we see, I assume you've you've talked about it quite a few times in class and such. AI. I mean, it's used a lot in sports, like especially now, yeah. and it can show you a lot of these advanced metrics, and it show you. I'll put one out like, um, oh, like the chance of a ball being catchable they'll have in the NFL. And some of these, like, cool and all, but it's also – some of them are very, very made-up subje- stats. Like, yeah. Like, how, are how you, do you know? How are you to tell me that, you know, a ball being thrown someone – say I'm throwing a ball to you, as, you know, corner of the end zone has a 0.006% chance. That's all just made up. I'm, I'm not going to No, lie. it is. It's all predictive statistics, which yeah. has no place in football, in my opinion. Because football is one where you can just say, okay, line it up. This is what's going to be happening. It's such a physical sport. It's not uh, – you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's either going to happen or it's not going to happen. No, I definitely agree. And I think that 
uh, AI is great. Don't get me wrong. I mean, some of the things that I was seeing, like when I doing just project stuff, like certain things in basketball would be like this guy cuts to the rim 20% of the times or like four times a game or like sets 3.2 screens per game. And it's cool for like analyzing, but you also have to take in value what the actual game is instead yeah. of like, oh, well, this is going to happen. Some of it's very subjective. And it's- my the thing I do like about it is when they use it in baseball for efficiency on like routes to baseballs because yeah. that's something you can actually use to be like, okay, I could have taken a better route here. How could have I taken a better route here? And then you can work on that kind of stuff, that, that kind of activity. Like if you had a route, like your route efficiency to a ball in the outfield tracking, it was like 84%. You're like, okay, I can make a, I can make a better play there. I can make that an easier catch. Yes. I think it's the future on how coaching is going to be done. Um, especially with game planning and seeing what other player, you know, the other team does. Um, but I also think that what's going to be lost a lot in the future is going to be just the eye test, you know, personally yeah, which watching is a shame and, because it is a big tool that you need to really value just as much. Like I already said that people but. are losing the face value, but before yeah. people weren't getting into the analytics, say 25 years ago, it, people were very face value. I feel with a lot of like, you know, stats and such. And I feel like now it can also get to a point where it's too much relied on the analytics. It's a shame. Like, we're getting to the point where batting average doesn't matter. I still value batting average. Yeah. I'm sorry. Like, I value batting average on balls in play maybe a little bit more mm-hmm. because that takes out all the external factors. But batting average is still important, dude. Like, if you're hitting 300, you're a good hitter. I'm sorry. Yeah, absolutely. That's just what it is, you know? And it always has been that way. So why should that change? Yes, you can look at other things as well, but don't say it doesn't matter because it does matter. Who's the last player to bat 400? Oh, man. It was – it's a good question. Um, okay. It's not recently. I know that. Uh, Ted Williams. Yeah. Ted Williams, 1941. That makes sense. That does okay. make sense. That, it, sorry. That, that was random. Uh, okay. So now – Ooh, where are we? What were we talking about before? That's a great question. The okay, Cardinals, well, but <laughs> I don't know how that transitioned into that. We'll go to we'll go to some more college basketball. We were talking about Caitlin Clark, yeah. yeah. Uh, storming the court, I want to talk about real quick. You had um, Duke's Kyle Filkowski, Caitlin Clark, and Memphis's David Jones were all hurt in storming the court instance recently. And I want to know like your opinion because um, I don't know. I don't think it has much of er, storming the court. I don't think it means as much as it used to. And I think that a lot of these injuries are avoidable because you have 12 seeds storming the court because they beat a nine seed yeah. and things like that now. I think, like, the only time court storming is justifiable is, like, in a huge rivalry game or, like, when an unranked team beats a ranked team. Yeah, but, they, like... Especially, like, not even if they're, like, an unranked team that's, like, 20 and 10. I'm talking, like, an unranked team that's, like, 8 and 15 beating, like, the number 15 team in the country. Like, that's justifiable still i get storming it but make sure you're not taking out the player especially if it's your like i i won't say especially but you you have players that are running into their own team like fans and stuff and then you have ones that are injuring the other team which definitely needs to be more of an organized thing but it's cool also that's on kyle flipowski he tried to trip that kid and that he got hurt because of that like that was scummy but it wasn't on clark or david jones again he was just standing there really like trying to get off the court and just yeah and i see a lot of uh people justifying it's like well they lost the game which is stupid yeah they lost the game i mean i love me personally i love court storming i think it's awesome when bonnie's court storm but 
they're always cool about it. Like they don't run into players. There's certain fan bases that are just going to be that way. Yep. You know, and cool. if I think the best way to go about it is if a fan base has a prior incident of storming the court and causing trouble, they need to maybe be more enforced. Yeah. Or like they have more more be more penalized, I would say, by the school. Like I said, if you can identify people on the floor, like reprimand them. But I think, yeah, I think it. It's cool, it's fun, but I do think it needs to be more organized in the sense that players shouldn't be getting hurt over this. Yeah. This this is like they already lost a game, insult to injury, but just you know, they're still kids. I yeah. say that as, you know, I'm only nineteen, but you know, in the grand scheme of things, like I'm still young, but I'm talking eighteen to twenty two year olds out there getting hurt after losing a basketball game. Like in the <laughs> the end of the day it's really not that big. Yeah. So but I, I do think it is fun. I think, uh, but I also don't think if you're a ten seed, you should be storming the court because you beat the eight. Like, it's an upset, but no, I don't think it's to right. that point. I mean, uh, you should never. Let me say this too: like, if you're if you've had success before, or if you're a ranked team, you shouldn't storm the court. Like, if, even if North Carolina is unranked, they should never storm the court because that is a blue blooded <laughs> program. Yeah, you have no reason to storm the court. You've won national championships, but like, if Georgia Tech, who if they were like I don't I, they're probably decent this year because I'm saying this, but I have no idea. But if Georgia Tech had like five wins and they beat Duke on their home floor, yeah. sure, storm the court. That's fine. Yeah, you know uh, I, mean? I I definitely agree with that. Um, or if like Santa Clara beat Gonzaga, yeah, storm the court. Just don't <laughs> hurt anybody. But those it's never the freaking it's never the mid majors that hurt people. It's always Power Five schools, which says a lot. Fan base. Yeah. <laughs> Probably the admission on how to get in there as yeah, well. But. Probably. <laughs> um, also, what I want to talk about, uh, NBA, Clippers rebranded. I don't agree with the rebrand just yeah, because no. it's ugly. Are they trying to do that for their new arena? Is that why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which they the logo kind of looks like it was generated. Like, I could generate that in Canva right now if you wanted me to. Yeah, it's not a pretty logo. No. It, they should have gone back to their old script font logo. I thought that was their best logo. I don't even like the Clippers. It, respectfully, it, the Clippers is such a dumb team name. Yeah. I, I If they said, we're going to be the Braves, I would wholeheartedly be like, yeah, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think it was a lot cooler. I, I just don't think a Clipper being, you know, ship and everything is that cool of a team. Yeah, I don't. Then again, the Lakers are a dumb team, too. I, because, I say you know, that. They should have rebranded when they moved to when, LA. But. Which was forever ago. When they, Come on. You, you moved from Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota, you're the Lakers. Cool. Mm-hmm. But when you're in LA, where are the lakes? Or you're telling me. You're telling me Salt Lake City's killing it in the Jazz game? <laughs> yeah, that made no sense. The Utah Jazz is crazy. New yeah, Orleans, like, yeah. <laughs> rename your team, dude. Like, it's not that hard. Seattle moved the OKC. They completely rebranded. Mm-hmm. Made sense. Tell me you want to be named the Pelicans? That one's just a bad name. That's just a bad name. <laughs> that's just a very bad name. Yeah, that's awful. So is like, uh, let me think here. There's got to be another one that the, did that, right? The Detroit Tigers are just too generic for me. I don't. I'm not a huge fan of like the Hornets and the Bobcats were bad. Like un like very bland team names are just I don't know. The Commanders. Like, like the Eagles or like the Lions. Like, come on. I don't like the Guardians too much either. That there is a hidden. There's a backstory behind that though. Is there? It's when you go into the city. There's a bridge and there's two statues on both sides of the bridge and they call them the guardians of cleveland so that's why they named them the guardians okay okay that's cool i, think I that's didn't know cool. the background there yeah uh 
what are the I mean Timberwolves are all right. Uh, I feel like hockey has some odd ones, but I I will say I've said I said like two episodes ago. I think Tigers are one of the most forgettable of the four. It's it's sports. a bad uh just organization. Yeah, they don't do the right thing most of the time. They had one of the best rosters in the majors for like the span of five to ten years from the late two thousands or the early twenty tens, and they just um just didn't win a World Series. Like they went to a World Series, they went to two World Series, didn't mm-hmm. win any of them, but. That was that was their best shot. Oh, uh, the Browns. I don't think the Browns are that good. I, I hate the Browns, so I agree. The Wizards are all right. I mean, they were the Bullets at one point. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just picking at something that's not there. But... There's like 100 Wildcats in college basketball. Yep. I've never liked the Wild either. I, I It's unique, but I just haven't liked it. Or the Blue Jackets. The Blue Jackets are very mid. Yeah, I mean, that's unique. It's just, they're just a bad organization. Yeah, I mean, it's unique, but we were a hover, so it's unique. But do you really want to be the hovers? Yeah. <laughs> we do. Miss Hubberville. Sabres is cool. Penguins is cool. Yeah. Um, Penguins is cool. I, I don't like the Penguins, obviously. Kraken is sick. Kraken's Kraken's badass. Yeah. That's I, that's one of the best names in sports. Yes. I, I can definitely agree with that. Uh, I don't like the Golden Knights too much. I just don't like them, so yeah. I don't like anything about them. Oh, uh, I mean, it'd be cool if they weren't golden. They were regular knights, whatever. Vegas knights? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe you're... You... <laughs> okay, the Kraken is cool, though. Um, I still think Seattle should have another basketball team, but... No. Supersonics was unique. Yeah, they had their chance, though. Yeah. in Pittsburgh. I think the Grizzlies are cool. Yeah. I think that that's cool. That is cool. Okay, this is very lame. This is I don't know what I'm going on about. But <laughs> Your Orlando Magic's very cool. I like the, the Magic. The People Disney hate ties. On it. Yeah. Um, okay, the West. Uh, talking the NBA. The West uh, one seed is it up for grabs still? Who's leading the West? Because this was a few days when I wrote these. I'll just is look it up. Minnesota still? Uh, I will say that it, when I wrote it, it was all within one game, like three teams within one game of the one seed. Um. Timberwolves are still leading it. Uh, It's within two games. Uh, Nuggets are two games back. Thunder are a game back. Half a game back, actually, on the Timberwolves. I'm really rooting for the Timberwolves to win the West. I am, too. I I think it'd be – I don't know. I think Timberwolves, nothing has worked for them in a while, so it's cool to see them actually I mean, they've never really had success, ever. They had Kevin Garnett. Yeah, but they never went even close to, like, winning the finals. They had Kyle Korver. I don't think they had Kyle Korver. Did they not? They had Sam Cassell. Did they not have Kyle Korver ever? No. No, they did not have Kyle. I can actually guarantee that. Oh, well, that that's sad. They did not have Kyle Korver. Who am I thinking of? I'm thinking of somebody. I don't know right now. They, it's the Timberwolves. Do I care that much? No, no. Kevin Love. They did have Kevin Love. Kevin Love was yeah. a Timberwolf. Same he's thing. probably top three all time. He's T-wolf. probably the second best Timberwolf ever. <laughs> <laughs> that's sad. Um, yeah. So I'm. Good on Timberwolves. Good on Thunder, too. I really just like how they're building. Yeah. I mean, we knew this was going to happen, right? When they got all those picks a couple years ago. You can't whiff on all of those first-rounders. Yes. So, oh, some of them good have on them. Um, oh, my God. Happy Leap Year, by the way. Yes, dude. February 29th. February 29th. I, I only remember that because uh, Chet Holmgren leads the league in jumps. Wow. Yeah, about 3,600, I believe, <laughs> this season. Tyrese Halliburton is five years old today. I thought he was six years old. He might be six. 
I think he's six. I think that would make more sense. Yeah. And put him Still. at like 24. Youngest player in the NBA. Youngest player in the NBA. There's also an NFL player. I can't remember who, but he's also like six years old right now. Yeah. Or seven. Which good on him as well. Yeah. Can't huge. can't remember who it was, but I don't know. Leaf year's stupid. Uh, yeah. I found out leap year. There's also a rule that after like a certain, if it's divisible by a hundred years, they don't do a leap year. Wow. So like 2100, they skip the leap year. I that don't, makes no sense. I don't know the math. What are we behind even it. doing? I, it's it's dumb. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't get it. I've never understood it. I I know I get it, but I don't get it. If you get what I'm saying. I know how it works. I don't. I know, know how it works, but I yeah. <laughs> yeah. But happy leap year birthdays too. Anyone that has one right now, and I'm sorry for you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Celtics are still they're uh, eight games ahead of the Cavs, which they're killing it still. Yeah, um, Cavs just lost to the Bulls in double OT. Yeah, Celtics are nine and one. Uh, yeah, Cavs have been playing extremely well though. I w- I will say that Max Struess, how about that? <laughs> that was one of the craziest buzzer beaters in a long time. I feel bad because that's like. The Mavericks were doing so well. Like, they're 8-2 and two in their last 10, yeah. and that happens. And then it's like, well, it, Luka's fault on that game. Like, I saw people saying, well, Luka can't win games and things like that. I'm like, come, that's, come on. Those NBA fans. You can't listen to them. They're not reliable. Sources NBA fans are the worst fans. I, I'm, I'm, that's yeah, easy. It's not close. Like, it is not, not close. Not even close. NFL is a close second, actually, but it's not that close. I think hockey fans are pretty good. Baseball, baseball fan, actual baseball fans are fine. Yes. Casual fans, obnoxious. But... I don't know. I think even casual hockey fans are fine. Like, yeah, in hockey fans are just great. Hockey's actually the best sport in general. Yeah. It's just not marketed very well. Because, like, hockey doesn't need the casual fans. So why would you market to them, you know? Who's been getting in all the fight, them fight? Is it uh, Rempe? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Six foot seven beast. He's been, he, his win percentage in him isn't great, but he has more penalty, like, more he, pe- in, he played, like, 12 games. He had, like, 27 penalty minutes. That's what I'm saying. He's been fun, though. I, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I think it's fun. You don't have yeah. many enforcers. It's cool. It's cool. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, NBA, a few seeds. Uh, not much has really changed up. Actually, none of the top seeds have changed up, but you do have certain teams going on a run. The Heat are going on a run. Uh, Clippers are still winning games. Mavericks are doing well. Celtics are still doing well. About the same, though. Celtics are going to win the East pretty handily. I think so. They're so, pretty good. I don't think they'll win the finals. No, but no. It, it's Celtics thing. Recently, Celtics thing. Um. Okay. And da, 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 and now just the football stuff. So um, T. Higgins was tagged. Which stinks for him because he was going to make a lot of money. I, don't, I just hate the franchise tag. Me too. I think it's dumb. I think you should only be able to use it on first-round picks, too. I don't think, like, it's fair to guys who get drafted in the fifth or sixth round. Like, a, they turn out to be really good, and then they get franchise tagged. I mean, you get a lot of money one year, but it, say you do bad that year. like You, you know, don't get another bad. Like, you're going in contract year. You just balled out, and it's just like, yeah, you're done. Yeah, do that again. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of pressure on the players, too. No, um... But what I want to talk about, NFL report cards came out. And I did see that. It, Steelers had some bad stuff. Steelers ranked 28th out of 32. Yeah. But what I will say. The facilities are garbage. But that is in part to because they share it with Pitt, which makes no sense. Not even just the stadium. They share their like facility with Pitt. What I will say, some of them are stupid, and they also don't matter. <laughs> I'll say yeah, that. no, they have nothing. The Chiefs no. were ranked 31st. Yeah. They, they, they ranked the owner dead last, which... Okay. And the, ba- back the, like the Bears were ranked top 10. 
at 10. But it's like, a terrible football organization. This is all just like external things that have nothing to do with football other than the head coach category. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, nutrition and stuff. What, I think the Bills sucked at nutrition. I think that was their thing. Like, dieting and stuff. Like, everything was good. Team travel was D, which team travel's stupid anyway. Yeah. Like, they, Steelers had bad team travel, but that's only because their plane got stuck twice. Our nutritionists and dietitian were a D plus, And food and cafeteria were a C. So, everything else was pretty good. Uh, like, head coach was an A. Ownership, A minus. Things like that. So, Which, I hate Terry Pagula. Yeah, he's, he's a guy. He sucks. Weight room, E+. Plus. Um, Yeah, oh, you also had McDermott go out, I will say, unrelated, but it's not about uh, if they will win a Super Bowl, but when. So, he said Atta that. Boy. That's going to be a freezing cold take in about five years. Yeah, I don't want to talk. As long as we have Josh Allen, I think we can always contend, but it is a lot harder right now. Yeah, well, the cap did just go up, so they the NFL billed the bills out pretty much. but Yeah, which is fine. They're still negative. Yeah, but not as much. Not as much. They're only like 17 instead of 47. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, some of them some of them were like, I don't know. The Cowboys got B ownership. <laughs> How do people like that guy? I don't know. Uh, head coach, A-plus for the Lions they gave. Good on them. Yeah, well. Nice, nice but it, it's some of these game. teams that are ranking really high that I'm just like, shouldn't be. Like, the Jaguars, like, are ranking super high on these, and it's like, you're the Jaguars. So are the Dolphins, and the Dolphins were a good Dolphins football team. Dolphins were one everywhere, A-plus like, across the board. Okay, like, it doesn't have anything to do with football, you know? Like, they're going to choke again. The Chargers head coach got a B. Who are they saying that's about? If that's Brandon Staley, they're stupid. That's what I'm saying? Like, really? Yeah, Dolphins, their worst grade was an A-minus in treatment of families. Like, some of that stuff, why Why does that matter, dude? And why yeah. is that going to be public information if it does? Um, I Again, I just think that they're dumb. I, I They don't actually hold anything. And it's like, I don't know. It's Where are you pulling these stats? And it's all subjective as well. And I don't know. I, I just don't, I yeah. don't get it. Uh, last, Do you know who was in last place? This one actually does make sense. Uh, the Jets? No. Commanders. Yeah, that makes sense. Locker room, training room, training staff, team travel, and treatment of families, all F or F minus. Wow. They're wow. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Uh, Steelers Pretty got bad. three F or F minuses. Do, uh, do you know what it was in? Yeah, treatment of families. F minus. Um, weight room, right? Nope. All C. right, facilities. Locker room. I know it was locker, locker room. Locker room with F. Yes. Ownership F. Ownership F, which I agree. I, I don't like Art Rooney II. He's awful. But. Yeah. I don't know. It, it, I mean, it's the whole Rooney family line, isn't it? That's... No, it's just Art Rooney II. How, I'm saying how long have the Rooneys been? Oh, they've had it forever, and they've all been great until Art II. Uh-huh. I don't know. I, I've never been a big fan of just a family running it for generations and generations. Yeah. Well, they don't have to sell it, so. Yeah. I wish he would sell it, though. He's awful. <laughs> uh, what's the stadium name right now? Akersure Stadium. Yeah, I, I, I can't. It's still Heinz to me. It'll always yeah. be Heinz to me. I love the stadium, though. The stadium's sick. Yeah. Um. So, I think the next thing we have, though, uh, just our – yeah, we did a mock draft, right? Yeah, we did. We did. 
so the first thing I'll have is I think we both have the Bears number one taking Caleb Williams. Yes. But the next question is, do you think he right now with the reports coming out that he that um he's where do you think he's going to go? Not Caleb Williams. Uh, da, 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 da. Fields. Yeah. From a week ago, has it changed? Um. I don't know, man. I think that maybe he could go to Atlanta as well. It's down to Atlanta and Pittsburgh and maybe Vegas for me. It's just so hard it's to tell Vikings right now because the Bears well. are keeping it quiet and they're doing pretty well keeping it quiet. Uh, oh, also Maddenson was released for the Vikings. Uh, I was going should have touched on that a what few happened? hours ago. Maddenson for the Vikings. Oh, yeah, Alexander Madison got yeah. released. Uh, but anyway, I, I don't know. Why I don't think it's going to be the Falcons is the Falcons have been number one to land everyone this year, and it's kind of like the Knicks rumors that have happened for years where right now I don't think they're going to. It doesn't seem like anything's gone their way, and I don't think this will either. Yeah. Which, I don't know. Maybe that's me hating, but it just doesn't seem like it. Like, they were like, oh, Belichick's going to go there, and then they was like, we didn't even talk to him. Like, yeah, so I, I, don't, I don't know. I think saying. Caleb Williams does go number one, though, to the Bears. Yeah, me too. Uh Obviously, he's talented enough. I don't. I'm not questioning his talent. Yep. I'm just questioning how he will do in structure. I think he relies too much on um, flushing the pocket and creating chaos when it's yep. unwarranted. But I mean, I could be very wrong too. I mean, he's obviously got the arm talent. He's very good at improvising. Uh, yeah, and that's just the way that scouting is going nowadays. People are trying to just create the next Patrick Mahomes, but. What people fail to realize is there is not another Patrick Mahomes. There's going to be a lot of bust in this draft, I feel. I I could see it as well. Um, yeah. Uh, number two, who do you have? You I also I have Drake May. Yep. Um, I think Drake May is your standard 6'5", tall, athletic quarterback. He's got a really good arm. Effortless throws to the outside of the numbers. Uh, I think he's going to be a really good NFL starter. And his ceiling's obviously very high as well. But I do, but I also think that he's going to get overhated this first year because he's on the Commanders. I think that their roster's not great. Uh, yeah, their roster actually sucks. Yeah, but. they trade. The, what they had going for him was D-line. They traded everyone uh, for pennies, really. So yeah. I think that going out there, I, Drake May's not going to have a lot around him. So expect struggles year one, but don't panic. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, number three overall, the Patriots. Who do you have? I have Jaden Daniels going to the Patriots. New ownership. I think they need a quarterback desperately, and I think that, you know, or not own, not new ownership, new coaching. So I think that they are going to go Jaden Daniels here, and it's going to be a completely new look for what New England's used to. I don't have them going quarterback. I have them just taking BPA and going Marvin Harrison. I think at that point, I don't know. The Patriots aren't real um, fond on – I mean, they, they did draft Mac Jones in the first round, but they don't really generally like to draft. They don't draft this high normally, though. Yeah, especially big-name guys. Like, they're – yeah, you're right. They usually don't draft this high, so it it's also a different scenario. I just think Marvin Harrison's way too good of a player to, uh, to pass on at three when he's sitting there. I think they can go get a free agent quarterback as a stopgap or maybe just run it back with Bailey Zappi for a I year. I mean, we'll see in the upcoming months what happens, especially in free agency. I mean, Kirk Cousins is the free agent, isn't he? Yes. So we'll see whoever gets Russell Wilson. Yeah. Tannehill. So we'll see there. Uh, right now, I just think that New England is really looking for a completely new look, uh, you know, outside getting out of the Belichick era. So I could see them taking a hit or trying to take a swing and get a quarterback. But Marvin Harrison, I will say, is 
a guaranteed to go in and, you know, be what you – or, you know, he's going to be what everyone thinks he's going to be, amazing. So yeah. I think that the Arizona Cardinals are going to take him next, though, um, you know, if Jaden Daniels goes to the Patriots. And I think that – I don't think they're going to get Hollywood back, and I think that, you know, Kyler coming in healthy this year will definitely need a weapon. I mean, they don't have uh, Hopkins anymore, obviously. Um, right. And without Hollywood, who does he really have? So – um, at four for me, I have the Cardinals taking Malik Neighbors. Um, yep, that makes sense. They don't really. I don't think they're going to go quarterback. They really like Kyler Murray. They've come yep. out and said that he's their franchise guy. Um, I mean, their other needs. Um, you know, I just think at four, BPA would be Malik Neighbors. Um, he's he's not too like dissimilar to Jamar Chase, and it's. It's a uh, casual take, you could say, because he went to LSU. But I don't know, man. He plays like him. He's very fluid in his motions. He doesn't waste any motion, if that yeah, makes any sense. Absolutely. I think he's a really good receiver prospect. And if Marvin Harrison wasn't there, he'd be a consensus number one receiver in the draft. But I think, well, I mean, he's obviously still available on mine, but I think that the Chargers are going to go safer here, and I think that they're going to go Brock Bowers. I also am taking Brock Bowers. Yeah, they, um, I feel like they swung and missed last year. Well, they completely missed. I mean, you can name nine guys, ten guys that did much better than uh, Quentin Johnston. But I think that Brock Bowers adds, you know, obviously support in the offensive line, but he also is going to be a stud. I think that's really going to go out and help Herbert, so I think it's a safe pick for them to go out and get him. Yeah. Even with Nabbers available online. Um, I, I, I got him taking Brock Powers too. I think they really do need a tight end. Um, it's a safe pick, like you said. Like drafting a tight end who's – I mean, most tight ends who are projected to go that high are very, very good. Yeah. And um, Herbert really hasn't had a reliable tight end target to go to in his entire career. Uh, he'll pair up well with Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, that mm-hmm. group. Um, Jim Harbaugh loves using his tight ends also. Yeah, um, that's a very underrated pickup that people. I mean, they're talking about it obviously, but they're not considering that into the fact of everything that the Chargers are going to do this offseason. No, I I, don't know. I think it's a good pick, and it's kind of providing. Let's hope the Chargers can do something better than well, as a Bills fan, hopefully not. But as a football fan, let's hope Chargers can do something better than what they did with Philip Rivers, kind of wasting his career along with Antonio Gates. Uh, so now they're going to have you know they're going to have the Gates for um, Herbert coming in with a Brock Bowers. Uh, type prospect, obviously. So, right. Uh, number six with the Giants. Since he's available on mine, I think it'd be a no-brainer for them to go Malik Nabbers. Uh, they need a receiver help desperately. They need a lot of help desperately. They need a lot of help, yeah. But I think that uh, Nabbers would provides an instant weapon and changes that receiving room quite a bit to you know from what it is right now. Um. So for me, obviously the Giants. Um, they're still trying to do the Daniel Jones experiment. Um an experiment for a long time right but i mean they're too locked in money wise i think to change that now yep so if i was trying to build around a quarterback and trying to hide his ability as much as possible first thing i'm doing is i'm going and getting a franchise cornerstone left tackle Uh, i got him taking olu fashanu penn state tackle he's 6'6 321 just a massive human being um okay very long very strong uh flexible for his size he's a very good athlete at 6'6 321 so I think he's the number one tackle in this class for me. I like that. Okay. Yeah. Um, number seven, Titans. Titans. I also have them going tackle. I'm going to go Joe Alt out of Notre Dame. Very good tackle. He's taller, but he's 
Oh, he doesn't. He's not real filled out. He's 315 at 6'8", which isn't massive compared to Olu Fashanu. It's a pretty big guy, though. Uh, very Mike McGlinchey-esque for me, as they both went to the same school, obviously. Uh, similar play style. I think all is better in pass block, um, where McGlinchey was a really good run blocker. Uh, but Joe Alt's um, pass set is elite. It might be even better than Fashanu. But Fashanu is yeah. a better athlete, so that's why I have them going that order. See, because of the pass block uh, at number seven, I have Joel going to the Titans, and I think that he's going to go there. Obviously, they have Levis now, and I feel like they need a cornerstone uh, tackle out there. Yeah. So I think there's a lot that the Titans do need, but I think it's very good to protect the guy that you Sp- think. Yeah, hundred percent. Especially after future. he was already banged up a little bit last year. Yeah. Immediately. So I think that it'd be very smart to get all, but they couldn't if as long as they go either tackle, they'll be fine. But yeah. I think that both will be there for them. So we'll see. But what's that? We'll see. Yeah. It, 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 as soon as the draft starts, everything goes out the window. Someone yeah, makes because a I don't trade. have any trades in mind. I have one. Yeah. And that it, it's kind of biased. Okay. Um. Yeah. Your next one. Uh, eight to Atlanta. I got Jaden Daniels. Okay. And this might be crazy take, but in my opinion, this is the best quarterback in the draft class. Uh, obviously, he won the Heisman Trophy last year. Yep. As did Caleb Williams the year before, but I think Jaden Daniels is stupid athletic. He's a very accurate passer, uh, which is a very common misconception of these athletic rushing quarterbacks. He's got very good ball placement. Um, he can throw it accurately to all three levels of the field. Uh, really good velocity on his throws. Big arm. Probably, if I had to guess, runs a four four. Uh, really good, really good quarterback. I think he's going to be very. I mean, he's going to be Lamar with a better arm. I mean, there's not really a comparison for a guy like Jaden Daniels. I think yeah. he's a one-of-one one type of quarterback. Uh, I think it's a good fit for Atlanta. Then Atlanta doesn't trade for a quarterback. No, I I, um, I, I really like Jaden Daniels, and I think wherever he goes, I think he's going to end up turning out really yeah. good. He has. I think best-case scenario is that he falls to eight also for him uh, rather than going to New England or Washington or Chicago. <sighs> Washington, I, I don't know. They had RG3. I don't think they're going to go out and try something like that again. Yeah. Uh, which, it, I mean, it was injuries for him, but still. I feel like they need a new look, and I feel like they're definitely going to go. They have a type game. lately, you know? They yeah. have, like, Sam Howell's a big quarterback. Not so much as, like, tall, but he's big, like, big frame, big arm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they had Ryan Fitzpatrick there for a little bit. Um, so. Uh, nine to Chicago. I got I Rome my, Odunze. I did my number eight. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I de- took Rome Odunze for the Falcons. Yeah, my at fault. number eight. Uh, and well, I mean, there's a lot of good receivers in this class, and he's also going to be a stud. And I think that he could end up filling out being a number one for them. Um, I think that the Falcons actually do need to go out and get a weapon. Uh, you know, keep building that offense. I mean, they they have Bijan, they have Kyle Pitts. It just really they Drake need- London. Yeah, they do have Drake London, uh, but I think. But that, I ultimately think Drake London's a solid two. I think that he'd be he'd be a really good two. Drake London, don't get me wrong, is a good receiver. But if you put him, you know, if you compare him to some of these other number ones in the league, he's just not. He's he's not a Jefferson. 20s. He's not you know a Jamar type guy. I yeah. think that he'd be a great two. But I think that if you put someone like Rome out and he develops, I think that, you know. Yeah, I agree. He's he's a good route runner. He's he is what he is. You know. Yeah. Um, was he the first receiver off the board? Yes. Did he deserve it? Probably not. But, I mean, they already did it. So, uh, I have Roma Dudes. They're going at 9 to Chicago yep. to pair him up with Caleb Williams. And also, they have DJ Moore. 
I think this I think that could very quickly turn into one of the best offenses in the NFL if they draft right with one and nine. Obviously, you got to get the quarterback at one, right? Yeah. Um, they obviously are going to move on from Justin Fields. We've known this for a little bit now. Um, Roman Dunze, I mean, I feel as if you have two top ten picks and you have a quarterback in your first pick. I think you always – my strategy would always be paired up with a number one receiver as well. Yeah. I just, uh, Roman Dunze – has the potential to be the number one receiver in the class. You're in a 4-3-4-40 this spring at 6-3-2-15. So he's a big receiver, and he can fly. He's got so many good physical traits. We saw it all year. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the reason, I, in my opinion, why Michael Penix uh, succeeded so much this year. See, I have, I have um, for the Bears, Dallas Turner, and that's because they've been really eyeing him, and they talk about how they, you know, how he would fit for their team. And I feel like, especially after a very impressive combine showing to get someone to pair with Montez sweat right now. Um, I feel like would, I don't know. I feel like drafting D line never hurts, but I feel like they would go to D line instead of drafting a receiver just cause they have DJ Moore right now. And I think with the bears cap that it's likely that they're going to go out and get another receiver. So, yeah, I mean, I have Dallas Turner going 10 to the jets. So, I mean, we're not that far off. See, I have uh, at 10 to jets. I have Fashanu. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I feel like it's look at their offensive line. Uh, they do need line. The only reason I don't have them taking line is because both top tackles are off the board at that point. Yep. So I have them going Dallas Turner. He's the best player available. Yeah, yeah. They need edge help. I mean, just like every team needs edge help besides a select few. Mm-hmm. But I mean, they already have the elite D tackle in Quinn and Williams. Right. So they also have Leonard Williams too, don't they? Yeah. Or no, he's a he's a Seahawk now. I'm sorry. Leonard Williams is old now. They had him for a while, but yes, uh, right. wait, who's their other D tackle? He's not bad, I remember, but I can't remember their. Yeah. Well. Anyway. Either way, Dallas yeah. Turner is the number one edge in the class. They're going to get him. Yeah. Uh, uh, who do you have at ten? You had Fashano. I had right? Fashano. Um, hopefully that MetLife doesn't take out his ACL by week yeah, six. Good lord. You see the Bengals are putting in the same turf. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Good I, for I Joe Burrow. Did you see that? Uh, well, I mean, obviously they're hosting a bunch of World Cup games there. Oh my goodness! Out of every place you could choose, that's the venue. Oh my goodness! In Jersey, okay. But in Buffalo, <laughs> no, no. Uh, uh, Eleven. The yeah, Vikings. I got Laitu Latu from US- UCLA, the edge rusher. Uh, I feel he's Dallas Turner as to where he's more of an edge rushing D end. I think Latu is more of an outside linebacker. Uh, he is bigger. But I feel just his play style uh, is more of a, I don't know. My comparison for him would be kind of like a, it's difficult because, you know, I mean, a lot of these guys in the first round or the top half anyway are their own styles. I see a lot of Anthony Barr, though, in Latu Latu, which I think is fitting that he's going to Minnesota because that's where Barr played for a lot. Um, just his frame and the way he plays. Mm-hmm. Uh they could use edge help. Like I said, so could a lot of NFL teams. He's best player available at this point in the draft. So, I mean, you might as well take him. See, I have the Vikings going uh, Jared Verse here. Jared um, Verse is also a good edge rusher. Yeah, yeah I, I think that Latu Latu would be um, – or how do you say his name? How do you say it? Laiatu Latu? Laiatu Latu. Laiatu Latu. That's okay. Tongue twister a little bit. Um, I think that he's very. Uh, I think he's going to be a great player. Uh, I think that they could go either way. I like Jared Verse from um, Texas Tech, and I think that Florida Texas, State or Florida State. Who's from Texas Tech? Oh wait, I was looking at. That's because I was just looking at. Uh, I wanted to report. Ty, it was Tyler Owens is from Texas Tech. Did you see what he said? Uh-uh. Uh, 
Yeah, he said he doesn't believe in space. That is so nice. He said that uh, he doesn't believe that there's actual planets out there other than Earth. So it was really football for or bust for him. So what is he thinking, dude? Yeah, yeah. Um, he said that at you his can quite report, literally see them from Earth. <laughs> that's why. That's why I accidentally said Texas Tech. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, but Jared Verse, uh, Florida State. Uh, I think he's a really good D or DN. I think that he, yeah, very good edge rusher. Yeah, I think he can provide a lot. Of I fun. think we have the same pick at twelve. Yeah, sadly, I wouldn't go here, but uh, Denver Broncos uh, taking J.J. Yeah, I got him taking J.J. McCarthy. I think they're desperate at quarterback. They have been since Peyton Manning retired. Uh, they tried out the um, – no, because Osweiler left. So they tried out the – I think it was Trevor Simeon for a yeah, while. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they tried Drew Locke, tried Russell Wilson. None of them seem to have worked out. They've had decent rosters around these guys. Nothing special, though, so I feel like – they have more needs than quarterback right now. There's a lot of quarterbacks available that could fill in for one year. I think it's a bad pick, but I think it's so Broncos to do. It is very Broncos to do. And I just he's not a good enough processor for me. Um he's very athletic. Deceivingly athletic, might I add. Um because at Michigan he wasn't asked to be that athletic. But he is very athletic at quarterback. Um decent frame, you know, he's six three. Mm-hmm. Very lightweight though, only 196 pounds. I don't know. Um, I, I I really think that he's just gonna get exposed and bullied by more experienced corners and safeties. Yeah, I, I just don't love his arm talent and I don't love his processing. Yeah. I think he's a very very poor processor actually. So I I just I think it's a reach. But he's a late riser. Um, national champion is most likely the reason for that. If he turns out good, good on them. I just don't see it right now. But I, I do me. see that the Bronco. I really see the Broncos liking him and going yeah. after him. So Yeah, that's about the range that they should they would take him to. Thirteen for the Raiders. I got Terry on Arnold, corner Alabama. I think the Raiders have a lot of needs, especially on the defensive side of the ball. They're kind of a train wreck on defense right now. Uh best player available for me would be Terry on Arnold, the corner from Bama. There's two good Bama corners in this draft. It's really pick your poison. Um but, you know, Terry on Arnold uh is ranked higher in the rankings than Kool Aid. Which I mean Potato, potato, but that's my pick for the Raiders. Yeah, um, I have the Raiders actually going Byron Murphy second. Uh, the D-line has been a real – I mean, Max Crosby has really stood out for them. And Tyree Wilson didn't have the greatest season, but he still has a lot of potential. Yeah. I think that they go D-line just to kind of keep building on that and build to their strengths. Uh-huh. Um, I think Pierce is going to have – it's going to be an interesting year. They end off really well, and they have a lot of needs. But I personally, to me, I think Byron Murphy stands out as a pro, you know prospect that they could definitely take and pick up right there. So, 14. 14. Uh, the Saints. I have the Saints taking nose tackle Jerzon Newton here from Illinois. 6'2", uh, 290, so he's kind of undersized. Almost an Aaron Donald type, except he's a little taller. He's very lightweight at 290 for that position. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is, like, with him, he's not necessarily a straight-up nose tackle, which I d- disagree with his position listing. I think he can line up at D-end also. Um, he's more agile than a lot of interior offensive linemen, and that plays to what – like, that's his strength, right? He's very quick and very agile, has really good hands. Um so I think, I mean, the Saints could always use defensive line, right? Especially with Cam Jordan getting older. So this guy, a very versatile much older defensive lineman. <laughs> I don't know. I think right now I have the Saints uh, just 
they need a lot. I see them going best available. I think that I, I think they're going to get Terry and Arnold there. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, what is their corner room looking like? I don't think Lattimore it's... and yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's Lattimore. I mean, Lattimore's not even as good as he was in his first few years. He's been banged up a lot. He has been banged up a lot. Um, I think Terry and Arnold is just a great pick for them to go out and get. Um, Yeah, I think that he provides a lot on the defensive side of the ball, which is something that they have lacked. Uh, Offense, I guess, wasn't really spectacular either. Uh, Very forgettable offense, actually, the Derek Carr experiment. So, Saints are a forgettable team. Oh, my draft (laughs) just took a crap. Do you remember? I'm going to try. Uh... Do you want me to go number 15? Then? Yeah, I remember who 15 was. but Do you want to start with your 15 then? or It's the Colts. Uh, okay. Yeah, I had Cooper DeGene. Okay. Um, I think the Colts have a lot of needs on defense and offense. I think they could potentially go receiver, especially they might lose Michael Pittman. Um, but I, I don't know. I think... Cooper DeGene's the best defensive player left on the board for me because he's so versatile. He can play corner. He can play safety. You can use him as in a lot of different ways as a Swiss Army knife almost in your defensive backfield. Um, yeah, I think he's the right pick here for Indy. Yeah, um, Indy, again, another team I feel like could use a lot of defensive help. Uh, I think that they're with Levis. I think that – or not Levis. Oh, my God. Uh, I think Anthony Richardson's going to be just fine. Um, and they were even winning games out there with um, – Minshew, yeah. Uh, so I think that they're going to go Quinion Mitchell here, uh, which I think I probably butchered his name because I'm bad at these names, but I think that uh, his, you know, he's very good in man, man and zone coverage. I feel like his coverage in general is good. Uh, he's mm-hmm. a, a pretty decent tackler when it comes to corners, and I think that he's going to actually fill out really well for that defense. Do you know who you have taken at 16? I do. Uh, this is where I have Jared Verse going. Yeah, he's the best player available for me. I mean, that's a lot of these picks lately, but I think he's a decent fit in Seattle. Um, their defense starting to become very good again. They brought back Bobby Wagner. He had a pretty good year. Obviously, they have a really good cornerback room with Tariq Woolen, who had a down year, but still is very good. Uh, and they obviously have Devin Witherspoon. <clears throat> so I feel like if, if you fill out the edge rushing position, this could be, again, a top 10 defense in the NFL like it was 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, so the Seahawks have expressed that they're uh, going to stick with um, Geno Smith. Yeah. They said that he's going to be coming back next year. and um, Definitely and, don't need receiver help. No, no, no. <laughs> but I think they're going to go offensive uh, tackle. I think they're going to get uh, Fatanu here. Uh, I think that it's good. I think it'll be good to actually build up that uh, O-line because it's, it's not great. I mean, um, Geno was kind of getting banged up. Yeah. They got the, Charles Cross, correct? Yeah, yeah. And they were they were, I don't know they were getting banged up throughout or they were getting banged up all year, yeah. and I think that it'll be good especially for an older quarterback because Gino, how old is Gino now? Like, He's over thirty. Yeah, yeah. I would give him thirty two probably. Quarterbacks at this age, I mean younger at any age, it's not good to take hits, but obviously when you're older, you're not getting up as well. I mm-hmm. think that their playmakers on offense are fine. I mean that was the whole goal last year with getting JSN. Um, and I, I could see them going defense as well, but I, I think that they're going to go offensive tackle here. You get a big 6'4", 3'17", you know, guy. Yeah. And yeah. Um, who is next? Da, da, da. It's Jag- Jacksonville. Uh, yeah. I have them getting Brian Thomas Jr. Uh, I don't think – I'm. it is 11 o'clock, and I am blanking on everyone's names right now. 
Um, I don't see them keeping Ridley. Calvin Ridley. Yeah. And, I don't know. It, it, I just don't think he's going to want to stay there, genuinely, uh, when you're exploring options. I don't know if they're planning on franchise tagging him, but I think that he's going to be gone. I think that they need to get a weapon for T-Law then uh, going in with the draft, and I think that the best available at this point with you know who I've had taken off the board would be Brian Thomas. So I have them going uh, Quinion Mitchell here. I think they could really use some corner help. Um, yeah, that's fair. They they have decent weapons, even if they lose Ridley. They got Christian Kirk, and uh, I believe Zay Jones is still there. I could be wrong. Um, yeah, Zay Jones is still there. So, I mean, they got Evan Ingram. ETN had a fantastic season. Um, secondary, not great. Uh, Quinion Mitchell, very intriguing prospect, right, because he was from Toledo. He's in the MAC, But, obviously, very, very, very athletic. Six foot, 199. Um, yeah, he's got really good explosiveness, really good closing speed. High twitch guy, um, just a playmaker, man. Uh, and when you know about these guys from the MAC, you know. I just think he's too good of an athlete to pass on here for Jacksonville. Yeah, fair. Um, number eighteen is the Bengals. Yes. I have them getting J.C. Latham. Uh, I mean, <laughs> Orlando Brown right now is like thirty-six. Uh, so. You know, Latham is 6'6", uh, 335. Again, yeah. Joe Burrow, the biggest problem. He's had a lot of weapons. The biggest problem in his career has been having protection around him. Yep. So I could see them going different positions, such as safety could be one of them that they could go. But I feel like uh, at the end of the day that they're going to want to protect their guy because, you know, last year the main concern was he didn't play all year. Uh, so I, I feel like it'd be very smart for them to go Latham. I have them also going tackle, but I have them going Talis Fuaga. I think he's a really good player. Um his senior bowl tape really uh, made me higher on him than mm-hmm. he was going into the pre-draft process for me. He had a really good senior bowl, and he actually demolished some dudes in one on ones So I'm pretty high on Fuaga. Yeah. Uh, who do you have for uh, 19 for the Rams? Rams, I have corner. I have Kool-Aid, McKinstry going to the Rams. I feel like they desperately need corner help. I don't think they need anything on offense. They got Stafford. They got the receivers. They got the running back. They got the line. Um, it could use a corner. And a lot of teams could use a corner. It's becoming that kind of league, right? Uh, I think Kool-Aid's the best one there. You could argue it's Nate Wiggins, but I think Kool-Aid's upside is like a Patrick Sertan type guy. He's got the same frame. He has a very similar play style, just less consistency. And that is why he's not quite as good of a prospect, but very good nonetheless. See, you say less cons- – you talk about consistency and stuff. I feel like that the um – I don't know. I feel like the Rams have been really good at developmental stuff in yeah. the last few years. Like, they're one of the best teams when it comes to just bringing out potentials in players. And I think that's why they're going to take, you know, Nate Wiggins, athlete out there, obviously. Uh, but I feel like Nate Wiggins, and you could argue McKinsley, you know, I think that both would be good, but desperately need corner right now. And I think with how they can develop that they will make someone like Nate Wiggins stand out and be a very good player for that organization. Yeah. But it's already a very good football team. Yeah. They were right there with the Lions, who were also right there with the Niners, who went to the Super Bowl. Which so is they're not that far. Which is crazy considering everyone's like they're rebuilding, they're getting rid of stuff. Their developmental is so good. They yeah, they bring out fifth saw round Cooper guys. Doing yeah. what he did. Offensive rookie of the year in my opinion. Should have Best pick of the night coming up next. Pittsburgh, your Pittsburgh Steelers. Jackson Powers Johnson, center from Oregon, the Ringmington Award winner this year. He demolishes some dudes, man. 
he his senior bowl tape was unreal. 6-3-3-20 at center. Uh, very good laterally. Very good vertically. He's a great pass-blocking center. He's a great run-blocking center. Can't ask for much more. That's the Steelers' biggest need, in my opinion, going into the offseason is center. Um, other than quarterback. But I still think center because they don't have a center on the roster currently. So they yeah. might need one. <laughs> so I don't think he's as good, but I think that the Steelers are going to go with Marius Mims, and a lot of it will go back to pairing pairing him up with um, Brody, yeah, and with Pickens. Roderick Jones and Pickens. But I feel like uh, and Darnell, <laughs> but with Roderick Jones being a bulldog, you know, pairing him up with the bulldog and having that, you see a lot of teams right now uh, going out and drafting college teammates. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of that just comes down to just the chemistry they have, and it's been worked out very well so far. So I could see them, you know, I. A very Steelers pick to go offensive line, but I think they're gonna have to go offensive line. Yeah, uh, I I see them going Mims here for that exact reason. And next for the Dolphins, I have them going uh, Jackson Powers Johnson. So I have the Dolphins taking Amarius Mims. Okay, so I mean yeah, for the same reasons you said, he's same very, reasons, very yeah. good tackle. Um, that Georgia pedigree. I mean Georgia players destroy it in the NFL. So yeah, um, so I I'm glad you, you know. They both kind of have the same needs, and I, I mean, I could see them going flip-flopping either way. Uh, but yeah, I think Dolphins are definitely going to go one the two, and I think that they need the offensive line help, yeah. even with their offense being as good as it is. I mean, you get a great offensive line out there. I mean, mm-hmm. Tua keeps getting smashed, but you get a great offensive line out there. Uh, the team has its speed, but it also has guys that will pull you around, you know? Yeah. So... Okay, Eagles. I have? have the Eagles taking Chop Robinson. Uh, looks like they're going to lose Hassan Reddick. I think they granted him permission to seek a trade. That might have been yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're going to need a replacement at edge. They already have the interior defensive lineman to do it. Uh, they really don't have that many offensive needs. I mean, they are pretty set everywhere. So replacing an old edge rusher for a new edge rusher, especially one as athletic as Chop Robinson. What are you on four two or a four four nine? Yeah, something four four six today at the combine. Uh, Stupid athletic, really good uh, hands. So Chop Robinson's the pick at twenty two. Four four eight. Four four eight still really good. Yeah. Uh. So I have this guy dropping. Uh. I have Latu going to the Eagles mm-hmm. at twenty two, and they always have prospects fall to them anyway. I mean, right. we talked to him or talked about him already. I think that he's going to be an absolute stud. And gonna help kind of replace a lot of the aging players on that line. So yeah, twenty three. I do have Chop Robinson going to the Texans. Um, like a guy his size should not be running a four four eight. That's terrifying. But you already have a speed speedy edge rusher in Will Anderson, and if <laughs> you're putting um, you gotta have two right. If you have another one out there, I feel like you know, I feel like last year they really shocked, and the their young team is you know, kind of carry them. And I feel like if you already have a guy that came out like Will Anderson, you know, defensive rookie of the area, and you put Chop Robinson next, you know, across from him, I feel like that D-line's already terrifying, and they're, that'll be their D-line for 15 years. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I have them taking Chop Robinson. Um, 23, I got Byron Murphy, nose tackle Texas. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, young team. A lot of holes still. Uh, nose tackle, interior defensive line is definitely one of those. So uh, I think they fill that need here. And they get a guy from the home state. So Yeah. 24, Dallas Cowboys. Interesting uh, because they have some needs. 
but they're also a very good team and very controversial as always. I have the Cowboys taking a safety personally. I think it's going to be Cameron Kinchins from Miami. He's the number one safety in the class, 5'11", 201. Uh, very high IQ safety. He has the size. Um, he's very good uh, with his closing speed, his playmaking, his tackling. He's a total package at safety. Um, and that's the kind of safety we're seeing these days in the NFL. Guys who can come downhill and tackle but are also very good in coverage. They're very versatile in what they can do. Uh, I would have the Cowboys taking a receiver, but I, in my opinion, I don't think anyone um, – that the Cowboys would want is left on the board. Uh, mm-hmm. They don't tend to get big physical receivers. So I have the Cowboys taking – I have him taking safety, but I have him taking Cooper DeJohn. Uh He came out uh, – I think he has a higher upside, but uh, obviously has a bro- had a broken leg. Right. Uh, recently I have him going clear. way higher. So, like, he's, I think he's a great player. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I don't know. I think but that I don't consider be- him a safety is why I have Kinchins as the number one safety. I think – DeGene played corner in college. I still think he's a corner. I don't know. A lot of a lot of teams have been looking at him as a safety as well, right. though. And I know why, but yeah. And <laughs> I don't know. I think that what he I think that he has a lot of upside, and I think that the Cowboys could use more corner help, obviously, or especially at safety. And I feel like if they have a player like him transition in, I mean, Bland obviously good. Tron will be coming back, and then you're gonna have if Diggs. you, yeah, uh, that yeah, Tron. Uh and yeah. then you have. Um, Dijon there, I think that the, I think their secondary will be just fine. Yeah, so. it's, it's going to be a strength. Yeah, um, twenty five the Packers. I have them taking Adonai Mitchell. Uh, yeah, they have a very large quantity of receivers, but the quality of those receivers isn't necessarily the greatest. I think Jaden Reed's probably their best. Christian mm-hmm. Watson arguably their best. None of those guys are true ones. Um, and like it. They haven't taken, like we've said, like they haven't taken a skill guy, like a receiver or a tight end or running back in the first round in so long. It, like the whole Aaron Rodgers era, they went without doing so. Uh, I think it's time. Give Jordan Love, the guy who has become one of the top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL all over his playoff run there, <laughs> in a lot of people's eyes. Yep. Anyway, give him a receiver, man. Give him a Donai Mitchell out of Texas. He's a big physical guy, 6'4, 194, very explosive as well. And his strength really is his route running. So he's a total package. I would give him a receiver. I like that. Uh, I'm not going receiver. Uh, since he's still on the board, I'm going Kool-Aid yeah, uh, on my sense. board. and Pair him with Jair and Eric Stokes. But Jair yeah. might not even be there. Yeah, that's a lot of it. Is he might not even be there. But it also comes down to um, it fills the hole that Douglas yeah. uh, left there. And, they're, you know, they – Get their guy in Kool Aid. Kool Aid's gonna be a stud, I think, coming out. He's very good prospect. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a very good corner class, and I think that Kool Aid coming out will be great for them, and it will just build onto that defense, so the pressure won't be as big on Jordan Love. Yeah. So, next is Arizona, and I had them getting Malik Neighbors at four. I'm gonna go with a nose tackle here. Um, Wait. To Vondre Sweat out of Texas. I think that guy is a mauler. He's huge. I believe 365 pounds. Isn't this Tampa or no? No, it is Arizona. Or it is Tampa, excuse me. Then I have Arizona taking him at 27, excuse me. Um, I'm going to take a tackle, uh, Tyler Guyton, out of Oklahoma to Tampa Bay. I think that Tampa is going to – I feel like this is where I have Buffalo trading up because it's a very Buffalo thing to trade up a pick or two. Right. They they've done it like Which three they times. They don't really need to usually. No, um, I think that they need. I, I think they got spooked when they had to take Elam because they wanted uh, McDuffie. 
Yeah. But I don't think it was a bad trade up to get uh, Kincaid and jump the Cowboys. I think that was a very good play. Um, I think that this year, though, that they're going to trade up to kind of the same thing they did last year, but this time they're going to take Keon Coleman. Um, I think that Keon Coleman will it, – it, it's not a lot to trade up for them here, and I don't think it will be. But Keon Coleman will fill kind of that hole of Gabe Davis, but he's a much better route runner. Right. So I think that it just adds to giving Josh Allen weapons out there and especially, you know, a young receiver, receiver or something that was – I mean, with an aging digs, with uh, Gabe Davis leaving, you're going to have – an old digs in Khalil Shakir. So yeah. I feel like it just makes sense for them. To it, yeah, yeah it does make sense. Um, so, yeah. I have the Bills also taking a receiver, but I'm not going to mention that because they're not up yet. Yeah. 27. Uh, 27, Arizona, I already said, uh, to Vondre Sweat. So I have them taking uh, Juzhan Newton. Uh, they already, you know, in my or in mine, they took uh, Marvin Harrison early. So I think that they're going to – they have a lot to build. There are a lot of holes on the Cardinals. Yeah, I it's think, a bad roster. Yeah, go out there, get a good D-tackle. Uh, D-tackles, I will say, normally take – out of all positions, take the most time to develop. Yep, but they also have the most, very big longevity as well. Yes. So it's a safe pick. Yeah, I think that's safe. I definitely think it's a safe pick. And by the time that he is good and developed, hopefully the Cardinals in their plan, you know, will be kind of set up as well. So Yeah. 28 is Buffalo for me. Um, I have them taking another receiver. I have them taking Brian Thomas from okay. LSU. Yep. I believe he's very similar in frame to Gabe Davis, if not the exact same. It's like 6'4", 200. Um, the thing about Brian Thomas that I like over Gabe Davis is he's good in the red zone, but he does it at will. So his effort in the red zone, much higher than Gabe Davis's. He's going to catch the 50-50 balls. Yep. Also a deep threat downfield on occasion, just like Gabe Davis. So I think it's a it's a rich man's Gabe Davis is what the Bills will be getting in Brian Thomas. Jr. I think if he's available, the Bills can take him. I obviously had him going much earlier. Yeah. But right here, I now have Tampa since I traded there, and I have them taking Cameron Kitchens. Um, it's a good I, fit for them. I mean, they might lose Anton Winfield. I think Winfield's going to be gone yeah. just because I feel like he's going to get a big contract, uh, such as Jesse Bates got last year. And I feel like there's not really a lot of incentive for him to stay for a team that's I mean, since Brady left, they're they're okay. They're okay. They want a playoff game. They want a playoff game against a fading Eagles and good on Baker, but I don't think that it's gonna be right. Yeah, I don't think he stays. Um, Who's twenty nine? Twenty nine. The Lions. The Lions. Okay. I have them taking the tackle from Washington. What's his name? Uh, tackle from Washington. Yeah. Uh, Troy Fatanu. Fatanu. That's yeah. right. I get him confused with Fuanga, but very similar tackles, I will say. Uh, they'll put him – I believe Sewell is the right tackle, so they'll put him at left tackle. They'll have their cornerstone tackles. Uh, they really don't have that many needs, honestly, the Lions. Yeah. Um, secondary, but, you know. Yeah, I have them going secondary. I have them taking Kamari uh, Lassiter, I think – how do you say Lassiter? Lassiter, yeah. Yeah, from Georgia. I think that – yeah, with Okuda not really panning out like they thought, I think that they really need corner help, and yeah. that's been one of their major concerns, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. I have the Ravens taking him at 30. I think they'll capitalize on the Lions not taking secondary. Marlon Humphreys hurt quite often. Um, they don't have a great corner room. They have good safety in Kyle Hamilton. He's the best safety in the NFL, in my opinion. But, um, yeah, I mean, when Humphreys hurt, their corner room is very bad. So... I think they go corner. Uh, Lassiter is a good prospect. Yep. He's a little raw, but he's very athletic, more than capable, especially in that organization. They'll they'll develop him properly. 
I think that the Ravens are going to end up taking Tyler Guyton out there. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that's more of a safer pick. And, I mean, yeah, I don't think the Ravens are going to be hurt from that. They're, they kind of just need to run it back, and hopefully it comes together this year. So. But 31. It, Who has 31? 49ers. San Fran? Yeah. I have the Niners taking an interesting pick here. Okay. Lad McConkey, wide receiver, Georgia. Uh, I feel like the Niners have everything they could ever ask for. Mm-hmm. So taking a gadget guy like McConkey, um, I feel like they could use him in ways that they can't use Ayuk in ways they can't use Debo. They could run him in the slot. They can run him in jet motion. Uh, he'd be a very interesting piece to add to the San Francisco offense that already has so many weapons. Yeah, I don't think I don't know. I don't think he, the Niners really need anything. I mean, I'm looking, it says their draft needs are tight end, return specialist, backup cornerback, nickelback. Like, when it goes that deep, I feel like you're pretty fine as a team. Uh, I just haven't taken an offensive tackle. I have uh, Fatanu because I feel like they can have time to develop a lot of these guys because yeah. they don't need anything. Right. And then, finally, the Chiefs. I have them getting a Donnie Mitchell. I think that they need – I think they go receiver, and I don't think they go anything else right now. That's absolutely what they need, so yep. I think they get a weapon. I agree. I have them taking Xavier Worthy, his Texas yep. teammate, because I already have Mitchell off the board. I think Worthy is worthy of being a first-round pick. I think the Chiefs would be a good fit. He could be their ex-receiver and get a lot of balls from the best quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. No, I, I think – yeah, I definitely agree. I think – but I think we, we're both in agreement that they're definitely taking the receiver out they there. They have to, right? Yeah. They may even trade up for one, honestly. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, they have the capital. They're going to try and run it back again. So, yeah. anyway – I think that's all we have. It is. It was a long episode. It was a long, an hour and 37 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Thank no, you I, if you're still listening. Yeah, if you are still listening, we appreciate it. Uh, shout out, Yulia. Shout out, Mara Rush. Yes. Yes. She was in the Dirty Fred today. The Dirty Fred. Ew. That's not the <laughs> greatest name for it, but <laughs> yeah, uh, that's all I have, though. If you want to add anything, I'll sit back. No, I'm soon. good, dude. That was a good episode. Yeah. Uh, we'll see you guys in like two weeks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you're listening and have midterms, good luck on your midterms. If you're one of our friends that are just working, keep grinding. So, Keep grinding. Yeah. Love you guys. Appreciate it. Deuces. Peace.